One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. Word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree. Suffer in anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. Hands that heal nations, stretched out on a tree, and He took the nails for me. Living He loved me, dying He saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away Rising he justified freely forever One day he's coming, oh glorious day Oh glorious day One day the grave could conceal him no longer One day the stone rolled away from the door Then he arose over death he had conquered Now he's ascended, my Lord, evermore Death could not hold him grave could not keep him from rising again. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with His glories will shine. Wonderful day, my beloved one bringing. My Savior Jesus is mine. Living, He loved me, 
dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming no oh, glorious day oh glorious day oh glorious day oh glorious day First of all, this morning, I was told today is Thelma Clayton's birthday. She told me 40 years ago she's 39 and still holding. Maybe more than that now, I don't know. But could we sing happy birthday to Thelma, if you would? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Thelma. Happy birthday to you. Does anybody else have a birthday today? We don't leave anybody out, okay? All right. First of all, let's go to the Lord in prayer. So let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we lift you up and thank you for every day that, we, that you give us. We thank you, Lord, for our life and breath. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve you. We thank you, Lord, for the life and breath of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who saves us from our sins, who loves us, who gave himself for us. Lord, we just thank you for the blessing that you bestowed upon us in this cherished gift. Father, we pray for our church. We pray for our families. We pray, Lord, for our future. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for us each and every day that we will be a witness for you to lead someone else to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We lift up our sick and our suffering especially. We pray, Lord, for them, for their healing. We lift up, Lord, for the families at the sides. We pray, Lord, that you will give them comfort and peace and strength at this time. And for all these things, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's have our greeting time now. Get out and welcome each other and welcome to church. At this time, we have two announcements. Uh, one is by Brandon Clayton on behalf of the transition team, and Tommy Jean also has an announcement.
morning. Uh, just want to bring an announcement on behalf of the transitional team. I uh, want to give you guys an update uh, on what has taken place thus far and what to expect in the near future. In your bulletin, you'll see a list of all of the uh, transitional team members along with a copy of the covenant. The first couple of meetings consisted of an overview of the transitional process and also were a treat where we had the opportunity to learn more about each other and share some things about each other. During that weekend, we also developed a covenant, which you can see a copy in the bulletin. Uh, the covenant is a commitment to you as a church body, along with our way of saying we're going to commit all this to the Lord. We're currently in the process of developing a survey in which will involve us getting your opinion about certain aspects of the church. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing more about this. Mr. Beaver continues to provide us with the tools designed to better the transitional process, along with uh, methods of being able to gather your input. This is not a fast process, but one that we hope you will keep at the forefront of your prayers. If you have any questions or comments, please do not hesitate to ask one of the team members. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, we want to invite all of you next Sunday night. We're going to have Sunday night at the movies. And uh, the movie for this um, particular Sunday night at the movies is going to be I Can Only Imagine. It was in the theaters in the spring. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, this would be your opportunity. If you saw it, it's never too. It's a wonderful movie to see a second time. Um, I will tell you this. It is rated PG. Um, as far as young children, um, there are a couple scenes that um, it's just some um, physical abuse type scenes. But other than that, everything else would be, be fine for children. So, um, But we invite you to come. We're going to start it at 6 o'clock. We're going to do it in the sanctuary so it will be a little bit darker and you can see the movie better. Um, and the sound will be better in here. And then um, what's a movie without snacks? We can't have the snacks in the sanctuary. So after the movie's over, we'll go down to the fellowship hall. So if you bring your favorite finger food snack, um, we'll have some snacks and some fellowship time in the fellowship hall after the movie. So that's next Sunday night, Sunday at the movies. So we hope you come. Um, someone was asking, could they bring a friend who doesn't come to church? Yes, please. Bring whoever. You will not leave this movie untouched. It, it is... Um, if you haven't heard about it, it, it's an awesome movie, and it just tells the story behind the words of that song. So please come. And I have a second announcement because Steve said while I was up here he could just make that. I could make his announcement. Um, as chairperson of the sound committee, Steve is looking for some people who would be willing to serve on the soundboard for this upcoming year. Um, a lot of the people are coming off. So if you have questions, just see him. But we'd love to have some new members on the, the soundboard. Um, and uh, we, we really need, I think we're down to about three or four. So if we get more, you don't have to do as many Sundays. So thank you. On the other announcements for this week, I'm just going to highlight just a few. Of course, the Red Cross uh, Blood Mobile is here today. If you'd like to give blood, see Burt Sherman down in the basement. Um, there's a meeting Wednesday night, 630, for Count Dixie. And they need the parents and the children to be present this, this Wednesday night at 6.30 for Camp Dixie. Um, this Friday, our young adult group is leaving for a backpack trip. I'm requesting prayer that they will have a safe and happy journey. This is their first trip they've been on. I thank the Lord that they're getting out and, and having some fun. So 
be in prayer for them for a safe trip, and they'll be back on a Saturday night. Um, Saturday, next Saturday, volunteers are needed for, to build a handicap ramp uh, at North Main and North Main Street across from the old Strickland's Funeral Home. If you're not busy next Saturday, they could use your help in building a handicap ramp. The nominating committee, of course, has some needs at the bottom of your bulletin. I encourage you to look at all those, be in prayer about that, and if you could volunteer to help out, that would certainly be appreciated for our nominating committee as well. Um, also, there's a free sports clinic, August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. There's a flyer in your bulletin for that. Um, folks, I can't think of a more needed uh, or more opportune time to be outreaching to our youth and our children. And this is free for the entire community, not just the church. So uh, be in prayer about that and encourage our young people to attend this as well. Um, under our... Uh, sick list today we ask prayer for mccoy and merle clayton these are the young twins that were born prematurely they've been having uh, some infections and also breathing tubes have been put in also so please be in prayer for andrew and christy the parents as well as the whole family uh mr clay albert uh, a student at high school was in an accident this week we ask prayer for him also uh, a Kathy Long was mentioned who has hip, uh, hip problems. Uh, Inez Horner had a heart attack this week also. We request prayer for her and her family also. Is there anyone else we particularly need to remember in prayer this morning? Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Tim Clayton, would you leave us in prayer, please? Amen. Let's read our verse of the month, which is taken from 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Tracy has the children's moment, I believe.
God decided in advance to adopt us in his own family by bringing himself to us through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. How many of you guys like sports? Like sports? Look, I got basketball, softball, football. We got a lot of toys, right? How many of y'all are good at sports? Join us now as we worship in song with him 502, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus, first, second, and fourth verses only. So everyone stand, please.
Tommy, will you lead us in prayer, please? Let us pray. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for this day. Father, we're thankful we have your house to come together in this morning to praise and worship you. Father, we're thankful for the music that Steve and Tommy Jean shared with us this morning. Father, we're thankful for the transition team and as a group, we just lift them up to you in prayer. And Father, we're thankful for all your blessings on each one of us, and we're thankful that we have this time now to give back a portion of that which you so richly blessed each one of us with. And Father, we just pray for your blessing on this offering. We pray for your blessings on the givers. And Father, we pray this offering will be used to bring honor and glory to you and your kingdom. These things we pray for in the blessed name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
Remember me In a Bible cracked and faded by the years Remember me In a sanctuary filled with silent prayer And age to age and heart to heart Bound by grace and peace Child of wonder, child of God I've remembered you Remember me Remember me When the color of the sunset fills the sky Remember me When you pray and tears of joy fall from your eyes And age to age and heart to heart Bound by grace and peace Child of wonder, child of God I've remembered Remember me When the children leave their Sunday school with smiles Remember me When they're old enough to teach Old enough to preach Old enough to leave And age to Heart to heart, bound by grace and peace, child of wonder, child of God, I've remembered you, remember Child of God, remember me. Age to age and heart to heart, child of wonder, child of God, remember me.
Amen. Thank you for the beautiful, wonderful, powerful singing today and the songs today. The Lord is in His holy temple, isn't He? The Lord is here today, and we're thankful. We're thankful that we can see Him, we can hear Him, we can feel Him. He's with us. Amen? He's with us today. And I trust today that His presence is the only one here. His Spirit is the only Spirit here. The real person is the only one here today. And I'll come back to that in just a moment and remind you of what statement I just made today. I want to speak to you on the expect, uh, exhortation of faithful followers of Christ, encouraging, exhorting to follow Him and to obey Him and to be with Him, encouraging And I trust today that what I shall say to you will be encouraging. You may not, when I announce the scriptures and you look at them, you may say, how can you get encouragement out of that? Well, you're going to see that today as we look and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us as he helps us as we exhort uh, the Word of God and encourage, perhaps, each of us that are in this room. Would you bow as we pray? Father, we're about to bring a passage of your scripture today to exhort you and encourage this congregation and the leadership, all of us, including myself, in this room today. As we look at the Apostle Peter, as he wrote to us, Father... He was trying to encourage, yes, the elders all across the land, but yet he was wanting to encourage all of us, and we all are leaders in some shape or form, wherever we find ourselves, because you've called us. So I pray today that you will help us illuminate our hearts and our minds, open our ears that we can hear. Thank you for hearing us now in your precious name we pray. Before I read the scriptures, let me ask you the question, do you remember what Jesus said to the apostle Peter before he went back to heaven, right after the last meal that they had with the Lord? Not the Lord's Supper, but the breakfast that they ate. Jesus had a breakfast fixed for them And they had been fishing all night, and now Jesus said, come and dine. So they come to the shore, and there they are eating. And at the end of eating, the Bible says that Jesus asked Peter a question. Do you love me, Peter? Do you really love me? Do you love me more than these And you know what Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. You know that I love you. In fact, Jesus said, then if you love me, Peter, would you feed the lambs? Would you feed the little ones? And then Jesus said, do you really love me, Peter, more than these? And Peter said, yes, you you know that I do. And Jesus said, then if you do, ten to the sheep. Tend to the sheep. 
And he wasn't done yet. So Jesus said, Peter, do you really love me? Do you really care? Do you really love me more than these? Peter said, Lord, he was getting kind of aggravated by now. Lord, you know that I do. I've been with you. And Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, then Peter, feed the sheep. Feed the sheep. Now sinners need the word of God. They need to hear the word of God. But it is just as important for the sheep to hear the word of God. It is important that you and I are fed. We are sheep. If you study the Bible, study the word of God, especially First and Second Peter, you will find out that Simon Peter did exactly what Jesus said for him to do. He began to feed the sheep. He began to share with the sheep. And in fact, he began to exhort from the Word of God what they need needed. He was probably just as qualified and maybe more qualified than any other person possibly could be able to be qualified to be able to share. You see in verses 1, and I'm going to read this in a minute, he's referring to the elder's position, the leader's position. I told you a moment ago that I was going to preach to you and hopefully encourage you from the subject of exhortation to you today, to the faithful followers of Christ. And so therefore... As I preach to you, just be reminded that I will have fingers pointed toward the pulpit as well because I want to say some things because you're going through a transition time. There is going to be, uh, we don't know when that will be, but God does, when you will call a faithful servant to this place. You will call a minister. You will call uh, a person, and here he's calling him an elder or a leader or a shepherd to this congregation. So I would let that speak to me also today because I'm a, in the position of a, of a shepherd or an elder or a leader with you. And then in verses 5, he's mentioning elders again. He's referring primarily toward age. He's, he's looking toward age. And so you'll see that as we look together. As a student of the Word of God then, you discover then in this fifth chapter that there is a burning, burning issue of faithfulness, of faithfulness in leadership. You'll see how that he describes that. There is that burning desire in the part of Peter in helping the leaders to be faithful to him. Perhaps one of the greatest sins, uh, perhaps in the church, perhaps in leadership would be perhaps in unfaithfulness of us leaders in leadership, unfaithfulness to God, to be able to feed the sheep. That is our primary responsibility as leaders of God is to feed the sheep. So perhaps that may be part of our sin, maybe part of our greatest sin. Perhaps the sin that tears out the heart of God and the church's heart would be the sin of unfaithfulness, unfaithfulness to God. 
the like of dedication, the like of concentration and consecrated to God, the failing to be constant and consistent in what God has said to us and to work for God. Perhaps if there's any other thing that, that we could talk about would, and, and that would divide and bring division within a congregation would be the unfaithfulness of us as leaders. And again, you see, I put two fingers toward you and I point all the rest back to, to me in realizing that there is a powerful force behind the faithfulness of a leader and of those in leadership. The lack of unfaithfulness then is something that we need to consider in the life of each of us that are leaders. Perhaps most of us in this room today are faithful, and I would trust that we are. Perhaps most of us in this room today are dedicated and consecrated to God and are willing to obey God. And perhaps we're feeding the flock of God. Perhaps we're doing what perhaps God wants us to be. But I would not want us to be confused from the fact that God wants us to realize the importance of feeding the flock. I am convinced that a congregation... A group of people will never, ever rise beyond the leadership. I think that if we realize that, that will help us to pray even more, well, actually be more prayerfully about it. If the leadership is slowful, then the membership will be slowful. If the leadership is lazy, then the membership will be lazy. If the leadership is indifferent, then the membership will be indifferent. If the leadership is unconcerned, then the membership and the, and the congregation will be unconcerned as well. As we look at these verses, and I want us to look at them now, as he is taking it very seriously of leadership. Notice what he says in verse 1, and I'm going to read these verses. The elders in chapter 5 of 1 Peter, the elders who are among you I exhort. I who am fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also partakers of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not compulsion or by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those who entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger, and I told you that I would come back, and he's basically, he's talking to age-wise here now, he's talking about the younger, those who are leaders and will be leaders and those who are a part of the congregation who are Christian. Likewise, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vivient, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after having suffered for a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. If ever there was a man who was qualified to do what we have just read, it would have been the Apostle Peter. Why would it have been? He was very experienced in unfaithfulness. He was very experienced in inconsistency. He was very experienced in the like of doing things in an orthodox manner. It must have been and it had to have been Peter, the Apostle Peter, that we're talking about today. So he was well qualified to preach to us and to speak to us and to speak to God's children. Because he says in these verses, I'm an elder just like you. I've been going through some of the same things that you've been going through. I have been doing some of the same things that you've been doing. I exhort you, he goes on to suggest, certain things among God's people. A reminder of faithful servants. He was saying, listen, I know what you're going through. I know how to be unfaithful. I'm experienced in that. I would suggest to you today that probably most of us could identify with Peter along the way. But I have to remind you again, we don't stay there and struggle around in that and and just go under and drown because Peter wants to help us to understand, listen, we can be faithful. We can be encouraging. We can be exhorting. We can be the kind of leaders that are feeding the sheep, taking care of the, the lambs and feeding the sheep again couple of things that I want you to see and remind and to take with you today. First of all, Peter is reminding us, reminding us as shepherds as our duty. He's reminding us of the work that we have to do in verses 1 and 3. You see there, he's examining the life of the elder, and he points out those duties of a faithful servant. And in fact, in verses 1 through 3 again, he compares these duties over against the expectations of the leadership of the modern-day congregation that we have today. Many times we talk about our expectations and what we think that leaders ought to be, and we find that many times we find ourselves doing the opposite thing as the Apostle Peter did as well. Now, I can talk to you today. I'm here as your intentional interim pastor, so I want to help you. I want to encourage you. 
I know, as I said earlier today, and then I'm going to move on from this. I'm not going to spend all my time here. But you're going to be searching for a pastor. Part of what the transition team's responsibility is preparing for that, preparing the congregation, preparing you for the day when you do call a brand new pastor into this congregation. And so therefore, as you do that, I would encourage you truly to pray and pray and pray as you look for a pastor. I would hope that this would be number one, Of course, that he'd be saved and be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I don't want to just assume that, but we would hope even in our assumptions that that person would be, but we know that there's a lot in the pulpit that are not saved. Not trying to be critical today. I'm just trying to say to us that we have to be careful and we do have to examine. We have to hear. Listen, I want to hear the testimony. How were you saved? How, how did Jesus come into your and your call into the ministry? I want to know the, in, in the value of that, how important that is. So you're going to be looking for a pastor. And I hope that one of the things that you will, that you will demand would be whether he will feed the sheep. Whether he will feed the sheep. Now how are you going to feed the sheep? He's going to have to study God's word. He's going to have to look and see what God has to say in his word. And then reveal that. Unveil that. And be able to give that to the congregation. So I would encourage you that you would be looking out of all the other things that you'd like to see in a pastor. I hope that the number one thing is that you're looking for a man that will take the word of God and he will explain it and he will show you what God says for as a shepherd to the sheep to feed the flock. To feed the flock. The flock is God's who is among us. The greatest need I think that I have is to feed you as I guide you. Did you know that the flock is not mine? Did you know sheep is not mine? Yes, you know that, don't you? The sheep is not yours. You and I are sheep, and we belong to God. We don't belong to anyone else around. And because of that today, did you know that as I feed you, I am not your ruler. A preacher is not your ruler. He is not a dictator. He is only a guide. He's a shepherd. And it is encouraging you. And it may be as he preaches and as the word of God speaks to us, it may dig our hearts up. It may tell us what we need to do. It may reveal our sin. And I hope that it does as we go along. But it is not my duty as I stand before you, neither it is any other pastor that you're going to call duty to skin sheep. It is not my duty to, to skin hides. It is not my duty today to burst you asunder and to beat you up. But it is my job today somehow to help you and to feed you and encourage you. Listen, that is my duty. Feed means, listen, what feed means. Feed means to guard the sheep. Feed means to guide the sheep. Feed means to nurture the sheep, to protect the sheep, to tend the sheep, to show concern for the sheep. The Lord gives us that direction. He gives that to a pastor. 
But listen, if a pastor is going to feed you, you're going to have to give him time to be able to get in the Word of God. You're going to have to give him time to, to be able to examine God's Word and to hear God's Word and to be able to discover what God needs to say to the sheep, to feed the sheep. I want to tell you, if we don't do that and we pastors are not filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we haven't gotten into a deep closet somewhere and been on our knees before God and saying, God, what does the sheep need today? Not what I think they need, but what does the sheep need today? What truths do they need today? You have to give us time to do that, to pray and the need to study what God has to say. If I don't feed you, this is not original with me, but I like it. If I don't feed you, I become a hypocrite for holding back what God wants you to know. Let me tell you today, let me tell you today that feeding flock from the pulpit, from the classrooms, throughout the total leadership of the congregation all leaders, you see, I'm moving from the pastor now, and I'm moving into the direction of all leadership of the church. It is all of our responsibility. As a Sunday school teacher, we ought to get on our knees before we even teach. We ought to get on our knees and ask God, God, you've given me this privilege to be a teacher, and I need to feed the sheep that is in this class today. And we need to pray, and we need to pray because you see, fellowship is built on the Word of God. And church is built on the Word of God. Amen. The right food on the Lord's day is what God wants to give. If we don't do, the flock gets in trouble. You see, you leave out of here today. And you're going to go back out into this cruel war world. You're going to go back out there where it's evil all around where the devil lurks and all the things that he's doing and you're tempted and you're pulled and everything else is happening. So it behooves us to stand before you. It behooves us as a whole congregation to feed the flock, to be able to help hungry souls, to be able to help people, perhaps to be more fruitful, perhaps to be stronger and be stable. I want to tell you something. Feeding the sheep is not always easy, but it is always the right thing to do. And it's always the right thing that we ought to carry with our lives. Listen, if we don't feed the sheep, there's something else out there that's going to clip the sheep and is going to pull us down. I know that's repetitious, but I wanted to say that again to you today. To encourage hungry souls encourage people who need that well what else does he say secondly he tells us to lead the flock by example lead the flock by example we must be on display you and i must be on display to be able to set a direction for the sheep in other words we become a pattern we become a pattern. We become an example is what he's saying in verse 3. It says, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock of God. Examples 
As we get closer to God as an example, closer to Jesus and more of Jesus is inside of us, as we relay that through others, through the congregation, the more like Jesus that a congregation becomes. When people see Jesus and they catch Jesus, great things happen. Not only that, but he talks about us as an example, tells us, and I'm going to move on pretty quickly, Example, you're an example of Jesus as he's talking about here. Number two, he reminds us of dangers. He reminds us of of dangers that we face out there. Dangers that we face. For the pulpit, it could be a danger of professionalism. Just uh, not letting the Holy Spirit be. In other words, putting ourselves on everything else as professional. Very quickly... I, I, I want to say again, we have to be called into the ministry. And I, I would, again, even ask a testimony, how were you called? And I don't have time to give you my testimony at this time, but sooner or later I will share with you my testimony of being called into the ministry. And then he says, uh, secondly, that we, as we serve the, the ministry, that we will help the church to be perfected that doesn't mean we'll be perfect but it does mean that we go toward maturity go toward maturity all right let me go further there is a danger not only of the pulpit but there is a danger of the pew and verse 5 talks about that we could have the sin of pride we need to submit to each other we need to resist uh, the evil one the devil as you see there And he's talking about when he said, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. The Holy Spirit came. He's with us. He saved you. The songs that we heard today sang, the specials were dealing with the salvation of God, the past, the present, the future. And we keep on laying them in the hands of Jesus. Now think about depositing that in an heiress tense, meaning that it's deposited, those things are deposited in the hands of Jesus. And as we deposit those sins, he said all of them, all of our cares, he takes care of those. And we must realize that, he said. Then, understanding the power of the enemy, the roar and line, as he said, verses uh, 9. If you see a lion unexpectedly, what would you do? If you ran up on a lion out there somewhere, what would you do? I know what you would do. You would do just exactly like I would do. I would be fearful. I would be afraid. I may even freeze. I would be frightened. Well, that's what happens to us also if we're not careful. You see, the Bible says the devil is a roaring lion. And he can cause us to be frozen and frightened. You can mark it down. There is a real devil. You can mark it down. There is a real devil. But the Bible says that you're to resist him. That doesn't mean fight him. You're no, you, you, have, you don't even have enough power to fight him. You don't have enough of anything except God, of course. But you and I are not to fight the devil. He is saying we're to resist him. Now, what does resisting the devil mean? He's coming as a roaring lion. 
He's devouring you. He's after you and I. That simply means as we resist him that we are doing just like you'd do if you'd be arrested by a policeman. I mean, you know what? If you didn't want to be arrested, you'd resist. You know, you might run from him. You might, you might do everything you could. You might fight. You might devour. You might bite. You might do everything that you can do. You're resisting, but you're not, as I'm saying, coming before him uh, by yourself. And he said, resist him. Don't give him an opportunity in your life. Don't give him an opportunity. Wouldn't it be great, and isn't it wonderful, that on the Lord's Day, when we come together, that we come together with resisting the devil himself, that we in the congregation have an opportunity to worship the true and living God. Listen, when you resist him, he has to flee. He's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at one time, but God can. And the Bible says when he flees, then what's left? You have God's presence. So wouldn't it be great every Sunday we come into the house of God to, to worship? And as we worship, we're resisting the devil. We'll not let him in and we'll run from him. We'll do everything we can to get away from him, trusting in God. Listen, if we're not careful, he'll get us. We have to stand, he says, and then he also says that we can rejoice in him very quickly. We'll delight in a crown. You'll get a crown. And then Christ is coming back. They sang about that just a moment ago. Jesus is coming back. And so therefore, because of that, because of that, we can be encouraged and we can, we can distrust God. And we're going to get a crown of faithfulness because one day, one day, one day, we're going to stand before him and you're going to be taken up into the heavens. And in the heavens, the scriptures are suggesting that we shout, we praise him, and we worship him for eternity to eternity. Amen. Would you stand this morning? I'm going to ask uh, the singers to come and our brother, I believe you're going to sing the song of invitation. Perhaps the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today in some fashion today. I'm just going to ask you to respond to it. Before I, before I sing, um, just something I want you to think about. Um, I was reminded this week um, through some pictures and some things about the fact that, you know, what we have before us the lives we live, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Um, we're not even guaranteed tonight. Um, and all of us in here, you know, I know that I'm probably the biggest sinner in the church standing right here before you, but I feel like all of us in here are sinners. And this song um, means a lot to me because it reminds me that it is through God's grace, and that's the only way that we get saved. Amen. And I would be, um, I would be a little remiss this morning and if I didn't just tell you and share with you that, you know, you, we all need to take advantage of the grace that God has given us. And if you haven't taken advantage of the grace that God has given us, you need to do it before it's too late. Um, I, was, I was specifically reminded um, because nine years ago, um, we were on a beach trip, and 
and I was reminded with some pictures of my mom and um, at the beach, and, and, and TJ and I talked about it. It was one of the best beach trips we had with mom and daddy since Dee um, had grown up and, you know, had gotten big and all that. And then about three weeks later, mama was gone. I didn't expect it. Nobody expected it. But she was gone to be with the Lord. She was ready. She was prepared. And she was saved by his grace. And I would encourage you to think about that if you've you've got a decision you need to make on your heart, as I sing. If you could see what I once was If you could walk with me Back to where I started from Then I know you would see The miracle of love that took me in its sweet embrace and made me what I am today just an old sinner saved by grace I'm just a sinner saved by grace when I stood condemned to death he took my place now I live and breathe in freedom with each breath of life I take, I'm loved and forgiven. Back with the living, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. How could I boast of anything that I've ever seen or done? How could I dare to claim as mine 
the victories God has won. Where would I be had God not brought me gently to this place? I'm here to say I'm nothing but an old sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. When I stood condemned to death, he took my place. breath of life I take I'm loved and forgiven back with the living I'm just a sinner saved by grace now I breath of life I take I'm loved and forgiven back with the living I'm just a sin